Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastside.co. Just being in the presence of the Lord like that, God's Word says that He inhabits the praises of His people. Hallelujah. That's Psalm 22, verse 3, in case you ever wondered about that. It's kind of a new King, I mean a King James verse. But it's still awesome. And to know that, that the creator of the universe loves us. <laughs> he loves us so much that he sent his son, our Lord Jesus, to bleed and die on a cross so that we could have eternal life and all our sins forgiven. Amen? Wow. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we, we just give you this time as we, we open up, Father God. We pray that you're glorified. We welcome your Holy Spirit, Lord, to teach us and to show us treasure, Lord, and, and, and great truth in your word. Your word is truth, and we are sanctified by that, Lord. And we thank you for the entire process. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would bless every single soul here tonight, Lord, and that everyone who walks out that door tonight will know you as Savior and Lord. And if anyone doesn't, you can come up here when I'm done, and we will have a good talk, all right? <laughs> and Father, we just thank you for your, your provision and your faithfulness and all your promises in your word that are yes and amen in Christ. And we thank you. May you have your way. May you be glorified and honored, Lord. And we love you, and we pray in the glorious name of your son, Jesus, and the people God said, Amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. So, uh, Kevin, once again, thank you. We're gonna, the main text is going to be the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. We're going to pick it up in verse 22. I'll see if I can open up to it here. <laughs> but um, this, is a, this is a remarkable story. And we know that it, it, this happened. This is recorded in the Gospel. In fact, this is recorded in three Gospels. And um, again, Matthew 14, starting in verse 22. So I'll go through this, and I'll, I'll give you some context of what's going on. Jesus just heard the news about his cousin, John the Baptist. He was beheaded. John the Baptist is gone now. Jesus was the son of God, but he was also the son of man. And there were, there were emotions there. And he was, he was actually trying to get away for a while with his disciples. And there was a huge crowd at this place where they landed. And Jesus went about healing the people. And as the day went on, the people started getting hungry. <laughs> and that was the opportunity of one of the, the most famous miracles that Jesus did, actually recorded in all four Gospels. That was the feeding of the 5,000. And we're going to pick it up in 22. This is after Jesus had done that. And we learn in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, that the people were so impressed that Jesus did that. From a little boy's lunch with five loaves and two fishes, how could he possibly feed 5,000 men? 
That's not including women and children. So that figure could be anywhere from 10,000 to 12 to 15,000 people that Jesus fed. Amen? Wow. That, that really is awesome. But the people were so impressed that some of them had the idea of coming and getting Jesus and forcefully making him king of Israel. But Jesus knew that that was not the plan of the Father. Because Jesus, if we look closely in the book of Isaiah, Jesus came first to be the servant, the suffering servant who had to deal with sin, the sin issue. That's why it was the cross. And we know that he came first as the suffering servant, but he will return as the king of glory. Hallelujah. Amen? One day. Hallelujah. And we'll be with him too, by the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. So they, they had that idea, but Jesus knew that that was not the Father's will, and he was not going along with that. And he, he was missing the crowd. Oh, it's kind of popping in and out a little bit, but we'll just go with it. Um, in verse 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat, and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. In the Gospel of Mark, right there, we have the description of the disciples straining at the oars because apparently a, a strong wind had gone through in that area. Sea of Galilee is known for that. But this, this strong wind came across the, the sea there and the disciples were trying to make their way to the other shore and they were, they were struggling. And God's word says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Okay, now Jesus, had, remember, he just fed the 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, whatever figure that was. The disciples are, are still, you know, uh, processing that, if you will. And they're in the boat, there's a storm, they're in the Sea of Galilee, they're struggling. But like we read before, Jesus actually sent them. He told them to get in the boat and to... My fault, sorry. I just praise God for his grace. <laughs> okay, so, <clears throat> the, uh, again, the Lord put them in a boat and he sent them to the other side. And they were in the boat, they were, they were struggling, but they were doing what Jesus said. And at the fourth watch of the night, by the way, that refers to, uh, it's kind of a military term. There were four watches that they had. The first watch was six to nine. The second watch was nine to 12. The third being 12 to three. And the fourth watch here that Jesus is walking on the, the water is between three and six. But we, we know that that. Back in those times, it was very important that the people kept an eye out 
And, and if they were in a fortified city, they would have watchmen on the wall. And they would, they would keep an eye out all through the night and thus the turn a watch. But Psalm 130 says, my soul waits for the Lord as the watchmen wait for the morn. So my soul wait, waiteth for the Lord. And again, you know, the, the disciples, if we, can, if we can kind of picture this, okay, they just saw this great miracle. Now they're in the boat. They're trying to get across the sea, and they're, they're struggling terribly. And, and they're, they're, they're wondering, and, and, and they look out, and there's Jesus walking on the water. Now, apparently, Jesus is in kind of a glorified state. They don't even fully recognize him. But I'll come back to Psalm 130 later. But um, God's word says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the, on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And do we have any water? I don't know why, but I'm dehydrated. Um, if, if we have any water in the house, that would be awesome. Um, so, thank you. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate that. So now here's Jesus walking up, and they don't even recognize him. And I can't even open this bottle of water. <laughs> thank you, Richard. Whew. We'll get it going. We'll get it going. And we missed Psalm 130, too. That was good. <laughs> uh, thank you. I needed that. Okay. So here's, a, here's an interesting picture, okay? The disciples are in the boat. It's, they're in the storm. They're struggling. It's dark. It's night. It's like 3 or 4 in the morning. And they see Jesus walking on the water, but they're not even sure if that's him. And that, that relates sometimes to what we go through because sometimes the Lord will send us to go do something for him. And it seems like it's, it's, it's dark. We're in a storm. We're struggling. And the Lord, is, the Lord wasn't in the boat. Are you, are you tracking with me? And, and we're wondering, Lord, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am, I, am I bringing you glory? Am I doing this, Lord? And just like when they looked out and they could see Jesus walking on the water, they didn't even fully recognize him. Sometimes when we're struggling in the storm, sometimes we don't recognize what Jesus is doing. But that's when we need to have faith, right there, that moment. We're going to talk about faith here in a little bit. But that, that was what Jesus told them to do. And they were obedient. They got in a boat, and they went out. But you know what? One of the great promises of God's word is, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. And... <clears throat> They, they realized after a while that it was Jesus. And <laughs> when he said, 
Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And, and just like that, and we're going to see what Peter's reaction was to that and the, the other 11 in the boat, but we can, we can be encouraged by that because Jesus knows that we're going to face troubling times as we serve him sometimes. Amen? Who's ever been in that situation? You feel like you're in a storm. It's dark. You, don't, you feel like you're distant from the Lord. Jesus was on the shore praying, remember? And then, at the fourth watch of the night, then he came walking on the water. But he was there for them. And you can't help wonder if Jesus, after spending time with the Father, showing another example for us, you can't, you can't help wonder if Jesus was praying for them. <laughs> Here's his disciples. Of course, Jesus knows all things. And he knows the wind is contrary. They're struggling. They're straining at the oars. And Jesus has been, has been teaching them and spending time with them and, and pouring into their lives, getting them ready for, for God's plan. And at the same with us. Jesus is, is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, praying on our behalf. Amen? And he loves us. And even though at times it may seem dark and we're in a storm, you know what? He's there for us because he is faithful and he loves us. Amen? When Jesus said, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. <laughs> That's an interesting verse right there. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. I guess Peter was of good cheer because he was getting all this, this excitement now and this courage because he was willing to get out of the boat now, apparently, and walk to Jesus. And, you know, it's interesting. Peter didn't say, Lord, why don't you stay where you are, and I'll get out of the boat and walk to you. He said, no, Lord. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. See, he was waiting for the word of the Lord. He wasn't acting on his own. He was giving it to the Lord. If this is your will, there's an important lesson right there. Even when, when we think we're going to go out and do something for the Lord that's, that's profound or even perilous, we always need to seek the Lord and to find out, Lord, is this your will? Because I'll lay it down. And, and Peter did that, and he said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. If you give the word, then I can do it. You remember in chapter 8 in Matthew when they encountered the centurion? He said, Lord, you don't even have to come under my roof. All you have to do is say the word and my servant will be healed. Amen? It's just as simple as that. Jesus turned at that moment. He turned to his disciples. Did you hear that? I have not found greater faith in all Israel than what this Roman centurion just said. 
All he had to do was speak the word and, and his servant would be healed because he was a man in authority. And he recognized that Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus as one in, authority, in supreme authority, the son of God. Wow. So Peter is recognizing that. And if he gives the word, then, then Peter can do it. So what happens? What happens? <clears throat> Verse 29, and Jesus said, come. And when Peter had drawn out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. You see what, what the one word, Jesus spoke one word to Peter. Come. He, so Peter had given it to him. Lord, your will, if you give your word, then I can do it. He had faith. And Jesus' response was, come. Wow. That's remarkable. That is so remarkable. Peter got out of the boat. By the way, he's a fisherman from Galilee. He's very familiar with the Sea of Galilee and fishing and the weather conditions, all of that. And he had never walked on the water before. <laughs> I guarantee you that. But at the word of the Lord, Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat in faith and started treading into the miraculous. This happened before the cross and before Pentecost. Before the cross and Pentecost. That's remarkable because if you're wondering why that's so significant, because the cross is where Jesus established the new covenant of grace. And Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.8 that we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by grace through faith. And this is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. And it is not by works, so no man can boast. So the cross is where the new covenant was established. His shed blood, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then at Pentecost... We know that God was faithful and kept his promise and poured out the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, at that point, you will be empowered to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Remember? So at that point, they would be in, in obedience and faithfulness to our Lord. They would be empowered. The grace that they would have to go out and do the work of the Lord. And at that point, they would be able to do miracles because they could pray in the name of Jesus. Hmm, hallelujah. Because at that point, <laughs> God accepted that sacrifice at the cross. The perfect Lamb of God, the, as Pastor Alex talked about last week when we were talking about the Holy of Holies. Jesus went with his own blood, the perfect blood of the Lamb, and sprinkled that in the tabernacle in heaven, not made by human hands. And God accepted that sacrifice. That sacrifice once for all, all who will believe on the Lord Jesus and receive forgiveness and salvation and eternal life. Amen? So, we know that at that point, at, at Pentecost, 
it was on. And, and they, were, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. They had grace to do what they could not do on their own. But here on the Sea of Galilee at 3 or 4 in the morning <laughs> in the storm, Jesus says one word. He says, come. And he enabled Peter to get out of the boat and start walking on the water. Wow, wait. Now, Jesus knew that he had a captive audience <laughs> because when Peter got out, there was still the 11 over here that were still in the boat. <laughs> and this made such an impression that there would be two of the writers of the gospel. Matthew would be in the boat and John would be in the boat. Both of them recorded this this event in their Gospels. The third one is Mark. Mark got a lot of his information from Peter, who was out walking on the water. <laughs> but Peter had faith, and Jesus was showing them, you see what can happen when you believe the word of the Lord. He said one word, come. And Peter had faith, and he trusted the word of the Lord, and there he was walking on the water. Wow. Before the cross and Pentecost. <laughs> and, you know, God's word tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Peter was walking by faith. But here's the next thing. In the next verse, Peter, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Peter got distracted, and he got his eyes off Jesus, and he started looking around. Remember, he was a fisherman from Galilee. He knew that sea, and he knew the storms. He started looking at the waves and the wind. He can hear the wind howling. He could see the water white capping, and, and he started... To, to lose sight. And, and there was a transition now from faith to fear. And we know when, when he, he started thinking about the conditions, looking at, at what was around him and not on our Lord Jesus, that's when the fear came in and he started to sink. But he said, Lord, save me. He reached out and Jesus was right there and got him and brought him safely to the boat. But what, what we can learn there between the, the faith and the fear that there is no near need to, to have the fear. Now, I'm preaching to myself as well because if we're honest, we all have times when there's that element of fear. Remember Michael was talking about fear man Sunday. What man may think, what man may do what man may, might say about us. But I want to tell you that we serve a God who faithfully provides for us whatever we need. And we don't have to be afraid of the conditions that we're in because God is bigger than all, any condition that we can ever find ourselves in. Amen? You know, I just want to bring up a few examples I need some water for this. Oh, help me, Lord, please. 
the Lord faithfully provides. Here's just a few examples in God's word. Abraham. God provided Abraham with a ram. His horns were caught in a thicket. And Abraham got that ram, and it was a substitute for his only begotten son. Abraham provided for Moses and the Israelites. He made a way through the Red Sea so they can cross on dry ground. He provided bread from heaven. He provided water from the rock. He provided a cloud by day and fire by night. He provided the, the daylight for Joshua as he made the sun stand still in the sky. And Joshua had a great victory in the promised land that God had given them and promised them and was faithfully seeing them through, giving them victory after victory. <clears throat> God provided for Ruth. He provided a kinsman redeemer. Amen? <laughs> Amen. God provided for David. David went and with one smooth stone, one out of five, that's all he needed. He went out and faced the giant. And God provided the victory that no one thought could happen. No matter what, David did not have the fear of man because his eyes were on the Lord. And he said, Lord, I know you can give me this victory over this giant. And, and God did give him the victory. And there were so many eyewitnesses. It was a great victory for Israel. And it strengthened the hearts of the, the military so that they could be strong and courageous. Amen? God provided wisdom for Solomon so that he could rightly govern God's people. God provided healing for King Hezekiah. God provided an angel for King Jehoshaphat. Because when Jehoshaphat found out the news that they were going to be invaded, he went to the Lord and cried out with the king, with the priest, the prophet, and the people. And he said, Lord, this mighty army is too much for us. But our eyes are on you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our eyes are on you. Yes. And God provided an angel in one night, went out and slew 185,000 enemies of God's chosen people in one night. 185,000 who came against the Lord our God. Amen? God provided for Elijah. He sent fire from heaven down on Mount Carmel because Elijah cried out. And he was hoping that the Lord would show himself strong to turn the hearts of the people back to the living God of Israel. Amen? God provided for Esther when she went before the, the king of Persia. God provided favor for her as she was willing to risk her life to go in on behalf of Israel. God provided for Daniel. When Daniel was unjustly thrown into a lion's den, God provided protection and safety and closed the mouth, mouth of the hungry lions. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And Daniel emerged <laughs> the next morning praising our Lord God because Daniel was just seeking to pray. That's why he got in trouble and got thrown in the lion's den to begin with, because he was being faithful in prayer. Three times a day, he would turn his face towards Jerusalem, where the temple was, and he prayed faithfully to God. And God, God provided that protection for Daniel. 
Hallelujah. God provided the words for Peter to speak on the day of Pentecost when, when an uneducated fisherman from Galilee shared the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. And 3,000 came to know our Lord Jesus that day. 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost because of what the Lord was doing and Peter's preaching. Amen? God provided Stephen with a boldness to stand up and tell the truth no matter what the cost would be. We know that cost eventually was his life. But he saw the Lord Jesus in glory. Hallelujah. Like we're going to see one day. Amen. God provided revelation for Paul as he was called by our Lord Jesus to be an apostle to the Gentiles, to go out and, and to, to share the gospel, to start churches, to establish them, and later to write letters to disciple them. And the Lord was giving him insight and revelation about this glorious new covenant that has been established. It's called grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and Paul was the one who wrote Philippians, the church of Philippi. He wrote to the Philippians, he said, And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. By the way, in, in our Lord Christ Jesus, he's the one who provi- provided redemption and salvation for all of mankind as he bled and died on that cross. But you know what? He was raised to life on the third day. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he lives forevermore. And he loves you. And he wants you to know that just like he came to the boat where the disciples were, no matter what our situation looks like, it can be dark, we might be in a storm, but he will not leave us or forsake us. He will be there. He is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Do you believe that? It's the truth. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just reminding you of this. So as, as Jesus was right there for Peter, when his faith turned to fear, Jesus was right there. They got in a boat. And, um, well, I'll just, I'll just finish uh, up to uh, 33. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? You were doing it, Peter. You were walking on water. <laughs> but it's when he, he started looking at the conditions around him and, and his eyes got off of Jesus. Mm. Same for us. Hallelujah. And, and when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. That, that, that made a profound impression on them when they, they witnessed that whole thing. And again, Jesus was ministering to the, the ones in the boat and to Peter. And we knew that, that <clears throat> eventually that God would uh, pour out the Holy Spirit. They didn't know exactly when, but they had to stay in the city for 10 days, that, that city being Jerusalem. And Jesus said to them, <clears throat> oh, we still have a little time. Um, Jesus said, before he left, he said, 
This is in the Gospel of Mark 16. Good job, Kevin. We're going to start in verse 15. This is the end of the Gospel of Mark. And, <clears throat> and Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. <laughs> wow. That's for all of us. And, and by preaching the gospel, a lot of times, that's showing love. We don't even have to bring up scripture when we show the love of Christ. And, and we can be ready to, to share the hope that we have in our Lord by sharing a testimony and relying on the Holy Spirit to work through us. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Jesus gives us five signs. Five is the number of grace in God's word. And he gives us five signs here. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. <laughs> Hallelujah. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them. I love that. And the Lord working with them. Wow. Again, in the power of the Holy Spirit that we have, each one of us here in the sanctuary tonight, we have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of us. Isn't that awesome? And Jesus said, he who believes in me, Rivers of, of living water will flow out from our belly, from our heart, from inside of us as the Holy Spirit goes out and accomplishes what the Lord wants. And when he said, and you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover, I want you to know that was not just for the apostolic church. In other words, the, the early church you know, sometimes there's a school of thought out there that says, oh, that passed away with, with the disciples when they, when they died. It kind of died off, you know. But we know by closely examining God's word, that's not the case. Because Jesus said, you see right in the beginning, in 15, he said to go preach the gospel. Do we think that the, the disciples were the only ones that were going to go out and preach the gospel? <laughs> Does, does, he, does Jesus want us to go out and preach the gospel? Yes. Yes. When he told them at communion to do this in remembrance of me, did, did they think that that was just for them? Or did that carry through all the generations so we can have a great appreciation for the sacrifice Jesus made as he willingly laid down his life at the cross? Amen. Well, it is. And, and here is a powerful verse. This is uh, verse 20, Mark 16, 20. And they went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. The Lord confirmed his word by the signs that follow. Amen. Joe, you're tracking with me. 
the Lord confirmed. Remember he said, Jesus said one word, come. Jesus said the word to the servant of the Roman centurion. He was healed. At the word of the Lord, there is, there is power. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, that name is above all names. And when he gives his word, that's it. Nothing, nothing in all creation can oppose that. It, that's how powerful it is. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, that name that we're praying in, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords with supreme authority. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. He wants the same thing for the church now. And for the church, that's why he had me bring this up. Because he wants you to be encouraged and to know that that didn't pass away with the apostolic age or the early church. That is for the church today. In fact, I think more than ever, given the circumstances in the world right now, and I believe that the Lord is stirring up the church, the body of Christ, and we're starting to see it. We're starting to see miracles. We're starting to see signs and wonders and healings because the Lord wants to show himself strong because there may not be a lot of time left because at one point in time, Jesus is coming back for the church. I don't know when that is, but that's God's word. So he's stirring up the body of Christ across the board there's, I heard there's a revival out at a Baptist church in North Carolina somewhere. Pastor Alex was telling us about a Methodist church that's getting on fire, and the Lord's doing miracles and, and, and blessing them beyond comprehension. Remember that? He's stirring us up across the board, and he wants us to know that his word is confirmed by the signs that accompany it. And when we lay hands on the sick... And we believe, and when we pray in the, in, the, in the name above all names, that God could have that person healed in an instant. There's nothing too impossible for God. There's nothing too hard for him. He created all of us. He knows every cell in our body. He knows every hair in our head. And we're already sitting in heavenly places and we already have the promise of glorified bodies when we get to heaven. But he wants to show himself strong and bring healing. <laughs> Do you believe that? So I'm not encouraging you tomorrow to find a pond or a lake to go out and, and, and try to walk on the water. <laughs> that is not my purpose. But we learn from God's word. But I do want to encourage you that if you receive a language in the power of the Holy Spirit. I did. Anybody else in the sanctuary tonight that has that has received that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Margie received it in a Baptist church. <laughs> That's a great testimony right there. But again, the Lord's stirring up the heart. I love the Baptist church. I've been there, and they are, they are sound biblically and so forth. But he's, he's doing it across the board. Pentecostal, Catholic, Presbyterian, Methodist, non-denominational, it, it, it's beyond 
whatever the name of a denomination is. It's about faith in our Lord Jesus. And it's about fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the, the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of, of the throne of God in heaven. Hallelujah. And, and that's what we need to do. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because when Peter was doing it, what was he doing? Walking on water. Hallelujah. And that's where it is. And by the way, John wrote, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, I, I just want to let you know that when you spend time in the Word, wow, see, you're spending time with the Lord. And, and He will bless that. And that's how, that's how we grow. And and that's how we can, we can know Jesus better. And he just wants you to be encouraged and to know that he is stirring up the church. And he can use you. It doesn't matter what your experience is. Because, again, when you know Jesus as Savior and Lord, that means the Holy Spirit of God dwells inside of you. How awesome is that? I'm going, to, I'm going to leave you with this thought, okay, and then I'm done. God's plan was so awesome. When, when God had chosen Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and so forth in the generations, he raised up Moses to bring them out of Egypt. He told Moses at a certain point in time that he would tell him about a place in the promised land where he would have a temple built for him and a, a place for his name to be amongst his people. And as time went on, we found out David went in and established the city of David in Jerusalem. And, and shortly after that, Solomon built the temple. And people would travel far and wide to go to the temple in Jerusalem because the presence of the Lord was there. Hallelujah. God sent fire down from heaven. And there were three feasts during the year where they were supposed to go, and, and sometimes traveling great distance. But they were so excited to go to Jerusalem because the presence of the Lord was there. And as time went on, as we, we transitioned from the law to grace, and we were talking about that before, as Jesus established the new covenant of grace, in Jerusalem, where the temple was, God kept his promise that he said in, in, by his word through the prophet Joel that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And what happened was at Jerusalem, right there by the temple, he was pouring out the, the Holy Spirit. And any believer now has the presence of God. The people traveled so far to go to one place in Jerusalem and Jesus said, now I want you to go and be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the utter ends of the earth. And the presence of God will be inside of you. And you will be empowered to show my love to these people and to let them know that there is hope. And they can, they can put their faith in our Lord Jesus, the one 
the one who willingly laid down his, his life. And it was raised up on a third day. And we get to do that. We get to bring his presence everywhere we go. Isn't that awesome? It went from that one city in Jerusalem at the temple. And, and that's where God poured out the Holy Spirit. Now it's in all believers. And we bring that wherever we go. Is that glorious? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, I said that I was going to close on that little story. <laughs> but um, Christine, yes. Remember that song we talked about? Now, this is kind of an old school song, but it was kind of appropriate. And um, you can, you can uh, feel free. Um, Tiffany, if you know this song, it's, it's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Who knows that song? Oh, I love that song. <laughs> it's kind of old school, but it's a great song. Right, Liz? Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So we're just going to wrap up. I just want to pray over you, and then we'll, we'll go and we'll praise the Lord. And, and I hope that you're encouraged and, and you know that the Lord wants to show himself strong through us. And, and when we pray in that name, that, that is the name above all names. So, Father God, we just we commit this to you, Lord. We, we turn to you, Lord. We trust you. We believe your word. Your word is truth, Lord. And we pray that you would use us, Lord, <clears throat> and that we can show your love and that we can be a light for you everywhere we go, Lord. And I pray that, that you would show yourself strong and as you would confirm your word by the signs that accompany it. And that when we lay hands on the sick, that you would bring healing so that you are honored and glorified. Hallelujah. And I pray the gospel is shared and souls are saved. In the glorious and mighty name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And the people God said. Once again, thank you for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, please visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.